are listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Those and take your uh, worship folder, open it up to the notes section. Obviously, this card, if you didn't put it in the offering, you can leave it on your chair um, or hand it to an usher and they'll get it from you. Uh, matter of fact, don't leave it on your chair and hand it to an usher. <laughs> it may not get there for the second service. So uh, do that. Also, I um, want to encourage you that every week we produce these study pages. Uh, they're for community life groups. They go through these, some of them, and some people do it for personal Bible study. They're in the back at the uh, community life group, which is our small group desk. If you go out these double doors, it's right to the, to the left there. There's a desk there. These are there. I encourage you to grab one of those. It has a lot of the verses that we're going to talk about today on there, but I encourage you to do take some notes and write those down as we walk through our time together this morning. You know, we've been talking a lot about uh, work. This series called I Work, because that's usually what we do. I do work, and so do you. And, but yet, work got broken. And work was broken because of sin, and work became toilsome as we learned, er, toilsome as we learned early on as we spent time in this series. And, and yet, work is really something valuable. And, and many of you do. You love your job, or you wouldn't be in it. Some of you don't, and that, that's understandable. And, and some pay the, the ultimate sacrifice, like those in the military. And I don't know if uh, you know somebody that... Uh, gave their life for this country. Uh, but that is the ultimate sacrifice. And uh, I hope this Memorial Day you take a, a moment to remember what kind of sacrifice people have made for this country and, and the meaning that has for you as an individual. Uh, we can worship freely like this because of their ultimate sacrifice. And um, that is a, something we should always remember, not just at Memorial Day. <laughs> but really throughout the year as we hear of our military and, and that. But, but we've been talking about work, and we've been talking about the, uh, the, the, the value of work and how to have a, a work and really enjoy work redeemed by Jesus. And Because work is, in a, is, amazing, is an amazing place, and the workplace is amazing. Some people work at high-rise buildings. Some people work at Starbucks. <laughs> some out of their car. Some in strip malls. Some in an office, some at home, some in a classroom, some in the hospital, some at a firehouse, some at Disneyland, and even some outside. <laughs> I mean, wow. There's a lot of places to do work, and we work in some incredible places as well. A lot of amazing things happen at work. Did you know that some great inventions were created at work? Uh, Richard James, a naval engineer, was trying to make a meter to monitor power on battleships. And he was working with tension springs, and one fell on the floor and then kept bouncing and bouncing, and the slinky was born at work. Amazing. Uh, Chef George Crumb of Cary Moon Lake House in Saratoga Springs had a customer who kept sending back their plate of fried potatoes, saying they wanted them thinner and crispier. Well, Chief, uh, Chief more Chef, Chef Crumb lost his temper and sliced them insanely thin, fried them in oil till they were rock hard and sent them back out, and the potato chip entered the world. At work. Now you know. Memorial Day, one of the days that the most potato chips are eaten in all of the year. Now you know where they came from. They happened at work. Amazing things do happen at work. As well, work is an amazing place to fall in love. According to a survey done by CareerBuilder.com, nearly 40% of workers date co-workers. 
people meet and have married co-workers like Bill and Melinda Gates met at work. President Obama and Michelle met at work as well. And maybe even some of you met at work. Anybody meet their spouse at work? Oh, a few of you. Look at that. It happens in the workplace. See, the workplace is an amazing place. Another amazing happening uh, happened at work um, took place some 30 years ago, this April, when police officer Joanne Jaffe responded to a, a horrible mass murder in Brooklyn, New York. Bodies were everywhere, even kids. And yet, a 13-month-old toddler was found alive. Little Christina Riviera. Officer Jaffe was given the task to take care of her that day, but she never stopped. The officer became Christina's benefactor, her protector, her surrogate parent. And then years later, as Joanne Jaffe rose to become chief, adopted Christina and officially made, became her mom. What happened at work changed two lives. Amazing things happen at work, a place where we spend nearly one-third of our lives, a place that's important in life, it's important to Jesus, a place where the Lord has called us to live out His values and to live out His purposes, a place of ministry, a place of calling, a place where we live out Jesus' one thing at work. Now, Jesus spoke of this one thing in our text today in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40, and it's love, loving God and loving others. The early Christians called it the law of love. (laughs) Oh, how our world would be so different and so much better if we would all follow this law of love, this one thing Jesus taught and lived. Simon Sinek, in his book, Leaders Eat Last, talks about the need for this love and care at work, that we should be building safe environments where employees and leaders care for each other. And it says, in this safety uh, where people thrive. And so this morning, I'd like us to look at this law of love in Matthew chapter 22. Jesus is one thing that we should be about at work and really all of life. So if you just wouldn't mind setting your books aside and stand up uh, and let's pray and ask God to teach us this morning. Because again, I, I believe uh, uh, God has you here for a reason. And there's something he wants you to get. Maybe he's already uh, challenged you in the song and, and the being together, but there's something specific he wants you to get out of our time today. And maybe it's out of his word. So let's ask his Holy Spirit to teach us. Father, thanks for the reality of this weekend. And as we see people's work and sacrifice in reality, as we uh, celebrate uh, the freedom we have because freedom is not free. It costs. And it costs you, your life, to give us freedom from sin. And, And yet, Lord, at work, we know that there's a lot of sacrifice and things to happen. And we want to learn how to be the best we can at work. And so, Father, as we delve into this one thing this morning, Lord, help us to learn and be challenged practically and specifically. Holy Spirit, teach us, we pray in your Son's name. Amen. You may have a seat. I encourage you to keep that outline out. Like I said, there's blanks there. The answers will be out on the screen, and I'll give you a bunch of other verses to go through as we look at this. But Jesus' one thing at work in life is love. And in Matthew chapter 22, the first part of that, verses 34 to 38 explains it is to love God. So take your Bible with you. Let me read verses 34 to 38 out of uh, uh, Matthew 22. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, testing him with a question, testing him with this question. Teacher, 
which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. It's called the Shema. Shema Israel. It's, 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 it's in Hebrew. The word Shema means to hear. Hear, O Israel. It's a, it's a summation of the Jewish faith and practice and really should be the summation of the Christian life and practice that we are about loving God more. In the Jewish faith, they used to wear reminders. They would wear a prayer shawl with tassels that would remind them of the Shema to love God more. Uh, they would recite prayers and scriptures, and they had on their door, doorpost uh, uh, this, this little uh, uh, casing of the Shema, uh, the, the hero of Israel. It was called a mezuzah. And on that, if you walk into a, a Jewish home, a lot of times people have that, and they would kiss their fingers and then place it on there as a reminder to, that they are to love God more. These Israelites, uh, even now and then, would go weekly to temple or synagogue and, and have celebrations all throughout the year to remind them of God's love. The question is, what, what do we do? What do you do to remind yourself to love God more? We need those reminders. Life gets busy, and we, we need to be reminded because Jesus says that this, need, it, it, this idea of loving God needs to be central. It's important. It's, it's vital. It's not just part of our lives, but involving our whole being. Three aspects of our whole being, our whole heart, our whole soul or life, and our whole mind. Every part of our being, we should love God. Uh, Three reminders, three good reminders that we want to walk through this morning in this first section to to love God with our whole heart. It's the choice of our affections. uh, This heart is our seat of our affections. So, so let's just say, as, as a group, um, we wanted to love on Lois. <laughs> if we wanted to, to, to show Lois great love, what would we need to do? Give, a hug. give her a hug. That's what she loves. Give her a hug. I can't just shake her hand. I've got to give her a hug. <clears throat> and, and we need to spend time with her to get to know her and, and to, to know the, the depth of her character and how much she loves the Lord. Sometimes tears in her eyes, she will tell you how much she loves God. She loves her family. And to have heard, a, to, to then, and you get to know her a little bit, to know about her, her late husband, Howard, and how much he loved the Lord, and how wonderful they were together, and, and how she longs to be with him again. Amen. And, and it, it's spending time with her and getting to know her. We could do the same with, uh, with Alan back there. Hi, Alan. By the way, it's Alan's birthday today. Just thought I'd let you know that. <clears throat> Uh, but it's spending time with him and, and getting to know him and to, to know that uh, he was once a first responder, a firefighter. And you get to know him, you spend time with him. Well, it's the same with God. It's making that initial choice to come to that place where we believe, to say, hey, I want to understand you more. And I, I realize that there's something that blocks room in that. That's called sin. The Bible's really clear about that. And so to get to know God more, I need to deal with this sin issue. There's only one way to deal with that, and that's belief in Jesus. Belief in Jesus is not simply a head knowledge, but it's an understanding that we're sinful and that we need a Savior, and that is Jesus, and you recognize that it is Him. When you come to believe in Him, the sin is removed from, from away from that idea, and you become now, and you have the opportunity for relationship with God. And so that's how we begin, that initial choice of knowing God. And just like to, to know Lois or Alan, we, we need to spend time. And that time is, is time in God's word to understand and, and know him more. 
and get to know and understand him and listen, to listen when he speaks. And he speaks through his word and the Spirit's prompting in our life. We need to know God with our whole heart, that, that seed of our affections as well. This heart is the seed of our spiritual life. And notice in our text in, in Matthew 22, it says, the, the love the Lord your God. It's the accepting and acknowledging a, a choice to place Jesus in that high place of spiritual authority where we say, Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that he is Lord of our life. <clears throat> Jesus said in, in, in Luke 6, uh, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Matter of fact, why don't you just turn to that passage? T- take over to Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke chapter 6, uh, go down to verse 46. <clears throat> Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. Verse 48. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood came, the torrents struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. You see, a well-built life is when we put Jesus in that spiritual place of authority as Lord, our life does not get shaken. Yes, the storms come. It doesn't mean that no storms will come. We face storms in life, be it cancer or be it struggles with relationally or family issues or, or financial issues, medical issues, all kind of issues hit our life. And, and we're going to be shaken, but yet when, when we have and set our affections and set the seed of our, our, our uh, spiritual authority on God, that foundation is there. And though the earthquake will happen, we will stand firm. Verse 49, but the one who hears my words, but does not put them into practice, because you cannot call him Lord and not put what he says into practice. Because then you're saying, ah, oh, that's just a good suggestion. <laughs> and I'll just do what I want anyways. But when he's Lord, you say, yes, sir. And you follow his commands, his word. But when the one who hears my word and puts him into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. And the movement of the torrent struck the house and it collapsed. And its its destruction was complete. See, to love Jesus with our whole heart is to choose to set our affections on him, but also to to set him as Lord in our lives. Like those in the military. They give in to the authority of another. Or in a club, give in to the, the club's guidelines. Or in a competition, follow the rules. That's love. Jesus said in, in John fifteen fourteen, if you love me, keep my commandments. Why would we not want to love him? See, Jesus is so lovely. I mean, he is creator. He can take something and nothing and make it into something. And you may think that you're nothing, but he can make you into something. He is a creator. There is so much that he can do. He is the good shepherd. Not some lame shepherd that lets us the sheep go out and get eaten by wolves, but he is the good shepherd. And you can trust in his every action. He will never let you down. Ever. He is the great healer. He's not some guy selling snake oil on the street. He is the actual real healer, can heal you from what you're really ailing. He's the ultimate healer. Not only that, he is a friend. 
He's the friend that no matter how many friends desert you, he will always be there. He is the life giver. True life is found in him. He is the ultimate counselor. He is the one you can go to with your issues and problems of life, and he can give you the solutions. And he is the peace provider. No matter how hard we try with everything else to provide that peace, he is the one who can. That's Jesus. Why would you not want to love him with your whole heart? As well, to love him with our whole soul or life. It is to, in actions and passions, be about Jesus. <laughs> like a De Bruyne Castle in England. Uh, it was a labor of love. John Fielden fell in love with a local worker, Ruth Stan- Stansfield, and, and asked her to be his wife. <laughs> but she said, I'll only marry you if you build me a castle. <laughs> and he did! There it is! A labor of love. So passionate to have this woman at his life, as his wife, he just went after this thing and built this castle. Love does that. And it's loving the Lord with action and passion. It's to be so taken by the love of Jesus that it compels us forward. We are to believe it, to receive it, and to live it. To go off and understand that, that we are to, to really take it in that how much God loves us and how he's that great counselor, shepherd, and friend, and, and, and caregiver, and, and life giver, and counselor, and all of that, to understand that so much we take it into our lives. We believe it, we receive it, and then we begin to live in light of it. With passion and excitement in life to move forward and to, uh, to, to go. But the problem is, we can't move forward with passion if there's something in the way if we love something else more. A lot of times that's simply ourselves. We love ourselves more. It also could be the idols that we've talked about a a number of months ago that that get put before us and we love those more, the idol of success or the idol of achievement. And in the workplace, there's so many idols we can go after. The idol of accomplishment, the idol of lots of money, the idol of of that uh, performance and perfection. And yet we put Christ in that central place in our life and let that well in our passions and we serve out of that, that labor of love flows. That's loving the Lord with all of our life, with all of our soul. And that's going to take loving the Lord with all of our mind to dwell on, to think about, and to meditate on the scripture. Write down somewhere in your notes, Psalm 1, the first psalm. It's that gateway to all of the psalms. It talks about meditating on the Lord. Read that later and see what happens to you when you, when you set your mind on the things of God. It's a total surrender of our whole life to loving God, heart, soul, and mind. The question is, will you? It's the one thing of Jesus that he says is the ultimately important. It's the greatest commandment. For when you do, we, uh, we are aligned in life. And we can now live out our full potential in every area, including work. As we love wholly, we are shaped totally and have the ability to reflect Jesus' character at work. When we do our job, it reflects the character of Christ, that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and all those other aspects of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. See, when we are loving Christ wholly, it changes us and transforms us. And we can live out that 
character of Christ. We're better employees, better bosses, better leaders, better workers as we love God wholly. As well, the one thing of love also includes that we love others. Uh, Flip back to Matthew again, uh, Matthew 22. Now look into that last part of the uh, passage, verses uh, 39 and 40. And the second, Jesus said, the second that is most important, the second part of the one thing. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws of the prophets hang on these two commands. We're to love others. This one thing of love is to give attention for and care for and disciple others like Jesus. To give attention to others, we're to notice like Jesus. Write down somewhere in your notes, Matthew Chapter 9, it's, uh, it's not on the screen yet, but Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 36. In that, it's a familiar passage that we've looked at it many times before. Jesus is going about and teaching all around the villages and everything. And, and then it says that he saw, he saw the people, he saw the crowds and had compassion on them. You know, it would be a great study sometime to go through your concordance or, your, or look it up on Google. Jesus saw or Jesus sees. A great study of to see what, what he sees. Because Jesus notices. In, in John chapter 11, verse 33, Jesus saw people's hurt. We should see people's hurt. We should be sensitive enough to those that we work around that we notice when they're not doing so great. When they're struggling and, and going through something and, and notice enough to actually do something about it, to go up and say, hey, is everything okay? How can I help? John 1, verse 47, Jesus saw the good in people, and so should we. So much we are so inundated by the the negative influences of life that all we see is negative. Ah, this person is this way. Ah, this person is that way. Ah, this person is this way. And we always see is a negative. Be like Jesus and see the positive. There is good in everyone except Satan. There is good. And Jesus can see it, and so should we. John 19, verse 41, Jesus saw spiritual needs, and so should we. Jesus knew people needed to know him. We should look at our work as seeing people that need to know Jesus, and not, not that we need to cram a track down everybody's throat, but through, their, through the example of our life, let them see the character of Christ. And when they ask questions, then we can answer and give a, uh, the defense for the hope that we have in us. Mark 1, verses 16 and 17, Jesus saw potential. And all those disciples, nobody would pick those disciples. You wouldn't pick those disciples to be on your team. But Jesus saw the potential in them. And you know what? He sees the potential in you. He sees a great and mighty spiritual warrior. He sees someone who can be that that light in the dark place in your workplace. He sees someone who can truly minister to others because he's given his spirit right inside of you. And he sees the potential in us and we should see the potential in others. See, to love others is to give attention to others and to notice. As well, to love others is to care, to get practical like Jesus. Write down Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. You know the story. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. And we talk a lot about that story. What's interesting to me in that story is that though uh, someone got robbed, beaten, left half naked on the side of the road, 
uh, uh, two religious people walked by and they stepped on the other side of the road and just went away. But there was a Samaritan, uh, someone who you wouldn't think would do anything because people despise them, came by and saw it as his responsibility to help. He saw it as his responsibility to care. And so he did with practical actions, bandaged his wounds, used his money out of his pocket to go put him up for a couple of nights or however long it took it so that he would be well. <clears throat> it's to see it as our responsibility to care for our fellow man. Remember the, the key work God called us to? We talked about this a number of weeks ago in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. It says to, where there it says to subdue the earth and to rule it. It means to, to, to own this planet. And what goes on in it. And to contribute to the common good. To care. Yes, we are heaven bound and and this earth is not our home. But God has us here now to make a difference. For the common good of man. To to help out around this world. And to, to put forth his ideals and his purposes. To care. Not to check out or to turn away or to focus on ourselves like the way the teacher of the law who was asking the question of Jesus in our text. He was not asking to ascertain information, or to, but he was asking to catch Jesus in an error because these Pharisees were thinking more of themselves, not of others, and certainly not of God. They actually despised Jesus. And see, when we think more of ourself than we think of Jesus, we're actually despising him. Because we're saying, we don't want what you want. We want what, we, what I want. And so if we call ourselves Christians, then we need to care. To care at work. And to care about how our company's doing. And in practical ways, helping your company. By doing a good job and by working hard and by striving for excellence. If you read my uh, uh, post this week, How Matters. How we do that matters. That we go about and give out our excellent best because that's what God has asked us to do because we want to do the good for that company because God wants that company to succeed. To love others is to care in practical ways. In addition, to love others is to seek to disciple, to shepherd people to God like Jesus. Write down Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, Jesus says, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. When Jesus said, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, he's taking it back to John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, which says, a new commandment I give to you. Remember what that commandment is? To love one another. That we are to love other people. And this commandment, the way we disciple people, and a good part of that is caring for people's spiritual well-being that they find Jesus, that they stay connected to Jesus, that they get involved in a church and be active in serving. It's looking at your work as a a place of opportunity and ministry to share Jesus. Again, not cramming a track down someone's throat, but to the example of your life and praying for your work. I hope you pray for the people in your work, that they would come to know Jesus, grow in their faith, get involved in their church and be active serving the Lord. And then sharing life with them and caring for them. And then when asked, give the the answer for the hope that you have of Jesus. 
We are to do that one thing and to love other people. Paul sums this up. Turn to your Bibles to Romans. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. It's under the title, Love Fulfills the Law. This law of love. Verse 8, Paul writes to the Roman believers. He says, let no doubt remain, let no, excuse me, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever others, other commandments there may be are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, Love is, fulfill, is the fulfillment of the law. See, to love others is, is to notice, to care, to disciple, and yes, in life, but also in work. And I love when I hear great stories of that. And Dave, I hope it's okay I share a story about this because <laughs> you shared it with me. But uh, um, <clears throat> Dave had a fellow employee come to him and ask for prayer. Uh, Dave Austin, leader of our Holy Grill ministry. And the reason why that person came to Dave and asked him for prayers because Dave is living out the love of Christ. He's loving others at work. He cares about other people. He, 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 he thinks and asks questions and gets to know other people. And they felt comfortable enough because also Dave doesn't hide his spiritual faith. He's pretty open about that and open to that at work. And people are not afraid to come to Dave when they need help and need prayer. So Dave, thanks for being that shining light in your workplace. And I know work's not easy <laughs> right now, especially. Uh, but I think of my own son, Josh um, McKay. He's, um, he's right now uh, uh, working not only in a hospice company, uh, helping people as they walk through the latter parts of life, but he's also a, a waiter at the Anaheim White House. And it's not an easy place to work uh, in that kind of a restaurant. And um, it would be easy for him to just to kind of check out his faith. But he seeks to do the best job he can and, and be kind to the workers there. And Josh has had numerous opportunities to talk to people about faith because he's willing to, to live out his faith, even when it's difficult, when a whole plate of glasses falls on the floor like you heard him share a couple of uh, months ago when he, when he was here preaching. Uh, and then I think of Brett Holloman, who's right now over in the branch. He's preaching on this same subject uh, Brett Holloman, who he'll be preaching here at times as well, but he's been involved in the branch uh, church over there in Los Alamitos. But uh, Brett has shared with you from up front here about how God has used him in his workplace because Brett is, is seeking to do the, an excellent best at his job. He's an amazing salesman. He could, you know, uh, sell ice to Eskimos. He, <laughs> he's amazing at his sales job, and he works hard at it. And because he works hard at it, he has a rapport. There's an integrity there but also because he lives in line with God's word. He seeks to, to love God with all of his whole heart and he, and he seeks to love others as himself. And he cares about the people he works around. And so because he cares, because he loves others, the, 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 the other part of that one thing that Jesus calls us to do, <clears throat> people come to him. When they go through difficult times, they walk into Brett's office or they ask Brett to come into his office and their office and and they begin to talk about spiritual things because bread is available and willing. And that's how God wants us all to be, to love others in that way. You know, work, work is an amazing place. 
Incredible things happen day in and day out, and we are challenged to be about that Jesus' one thing, that one thing at work, to love God with our whole heart, our whole soul, and our whole mind, and to love others as we notice and care and disciple. God has called you to your workplace. And I know it may not seem it. You go, why am I at this place? I'm struggling with my job. God has called you there so that you would do Jesus' one thing there. And the encouragement is to let love happen. Love God with your whole heart and love others as yourself. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the, uh, just the challenge, a straight-up challenge from Jesus, uh, Lord, to, to love you, God, with our whole self, heart, soul, life, mind, and to love others as ourself as we notice and care and, and seek to disciple. Father, help us in that. Work sometimes gets so uh, frustrating Work sometimes gets so um, toilsome. But Father, we want to be about your one thing, even in the midst of all of that. To be about love. That when people walk away from us, they don't have any other opinion, but, wow, that person, they really care. Help us with that. Challenge us in that. Help us to be better employees, better bosses, better leaders. Thank you, Father. Pray this in your son's name. Amen.